You're listening to Western Sydney Health Check, a podcast talking all things health, providing current and accurate healthcare information for the community and our staff. I'm Sia. And I'm Harrison. And we'll be taking you through this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Western Sydney Health Check. On today's episode, we have Dr. Andrew Pesher. Uh, Dr. Pesher is a an obstetrician at Westmead Hospital. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode, Doctor. Oh, Sia, thanks very much for asking me to come on. It's great that you're able to be on the show. Um, we're getting a lot of questions on our uh, social media, particularly in regards to information for expecting mothers-to-be and their families. So I think uh, this podcast will be very popular. So thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure, Sia. So my first question is to do with our hospital's visitor policy. Uh, we know that the hospital has implemented a, a visitor policy to limit um, people visiting our facilities uh, to protect patients, staff and visitors. But tell us about uh, the birthing unit and maternity. How does this policy affect this area? So uh, the visitor policy, policy is the same as for the hospital in general. Um, and that means that uh, the number of visitors is restricted. Um, young children can't visit because young children can't really adhere to the necessary hygiene safeguards that we feel protect everyone. And so we ask that young children not come to the hospital. And otherwise, um, anyone who's admitted to the hospital, any women who are in hospital in the women's health ward or having had a baby uh, can have one visitor. And how are the staff um, responding to the policy and, and our uh, mothers and their families? Are they um, accepting of it and understanding that we have a role to play in protecting the community? Yeah, I think everybody understands that these are really quite extraordinary times. And uh, everybody from uh, the women we look after to their uh, families and the staff understand that things that they would usually not be happy about. They just have to um, understand that these things are being done to protect everybody and I haven't seen anyone not be understanding at all. Absolutely. Now I think that there would be a, a lot of parents out there wondering if the virus is uh, uh, dangerous for newborn babies. Can you talk us through any risks there? One of the issues about uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus is that three months ago no one even knew about it. So pregnancy lasts nine months. Uh, there's still a lot of understanding that we have to develop about exactly how uh, the virus is going to affect us and uh, pregnant women. But a lot of what we understand is what we have worked out in terms of our understanding of other viral illnesses in pregnancy. And we're starting to get evidence coming through. I suppose that you know the peak is yet to happen, but numbers have been increasing worldwide, and so there is a reasonable amount of evidence now being collected. And fortunately, um, for pregnant women, it seems to be relatively reassuring. Other viruses, like influenza, a SARS virus, had been very, very bad for pregnancy uh, for both women and their babies. Uh, so far, uh, I'm touching wood while I'm saying this, but so far we haven't seen anything like the danger for women or their babies coming from COVID-19, uh, even though it seems to be really a terrible virus uh, in other ways, and especially for older people and people with underlying illnesses. Uh, for pregnant women, it doesn't seem that the pregnancy condition makes the virus affect them 
any worse than any other person of that age or health. And we don't yet see any significant amount of evidence that a woman catching it during the pregnancy causes a very bad adverse effect for the baby. So you briefly mentioned influenza and the impacts on pregnant women. Uh, is there still a call out for pregnant women to be getting the flu shot this year as, as it fast approaches? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we do know that influenza comes every year and pregnant women are considered one of the high risk groups for getting really sick if they get influenza. So we certainly encourage uh, pregnant women to make sure they're up to date and get this year's flu shot when it is released in the next month or so. Thanks doctor, that's very important advice. Uh, while you say the risk is low, are there any precautions that our mums and families should be taking right now to protect their young ones? Yes, obviously the last thing you want as you're giving birth is to be unwell in any way. Uh, so I suppose, especially leading up to the last month of pregnancy from 36 weeks onwards, uh, I think women should take special precautions to try and isolate themselves as much as possible. We know that the main risk factor for uh, getting COVID-19 is a contact with other people. And that's why the government has increasingly introduced social isolation and minimising contact with other people to protect yourself from in infection. It would make sense to me, women do a whole lot of things for their babies in pregnancy and after the birth, and it makes sense to me that they really restrict contact with other people to just what is absolutely necessary in that last month to minimise the chance that they may end up be becoming ill with COVID-19 just before they give birth. I think pregnant women should also feel confident enough to tell friends and family to avoid visiting them in that last month. Yeah. Um, Pregnancy is a very happy time, and families really want to share in the happiness of a, of a baby. Uh, but mothers, primary responsibility is to their baby, and it's not just in this way, in other ways as well. They really need to sometimes take control and very respectfully and lovingly say, I know that you love me and you want to see me and my baby, but at this time, you know, I'd really ask that uh, we just limit things. And then the mother then says what she feels is acceptable. And I think uh, people will respond to that. Very good advice, Doctor. Now, a question we're seeing on social media quite often is whether it's safe to breastfeed. Do you have any advice on that? Once again, I preface my answer with the fact that it's early days. Um, it seems to be that the small number of babies that were infected with COVID-19 when they're uh, mother had it either leading up to the birth or just after birth, got it through normal skin contact rather than through breast milk. Um, it's still, however, not possible to know at all with any great confidence um, whether or not the virus is transmitted through breast milk. But it seems to me, knowing what we know about the way that the virus is transmitted in the general community, the main problem is virus on skin, on people's hands and on their face. Uh, and that's the main way that babies will get their, the virus if they do get it, probably from direct contact from the mother rather than through the pregnancy or birth process itself. Fortunately, um, young babies don't seem to get very, very sick in the few cases that have been described, uh, even though they contracted the virus, didn't seem to be unusually dangerous. That is reassuring, Doctor. Thank you. 
Now we know motherhood can be a challenging time and mums like to connect. Uh, we have birthing groups that are run and opportunities for mums to connect here at Western Sydney Local Health District. Do you have any other avenues to replace those methods of our mums connecting with each other? It's a really good question, Sia. Over the years as an obstetrician, I've seen that the most valuable support that women get is from women like themselves. And you know, while they're pregnant from other pregnant women, women with newborn babies, other women with newborn babies, and with toddlers, the same thing. Unfortunately, the policies restricting meeting uh, and public gatherings is going to impact on the traditional mother's group. Uh, we have had to cancel birthing classes at Westmead. Uh, we are trying to replace them with online resources. Uh, but there is that social interaction which will be missing. I guess as the community in general is finding, uh, fortunately we have a lot of technology which, even though it doesn't quite replace face-to-face uh, -face contact, means that women can talk to each other. Uh, FaceTime, Skype, all of these technologies will help women get as close to that experience of uh, having that comradeship of motherhood experience through mothers groups. Uh, it's going to be different, uh, but uh, I think fortunately there are going to develop new ways to replace the ones that we can't temporarily do. Now getting back to transmission and the, and the risk of transmission to pregnant women, what is your advice to any pregnant woman who may receive a positive result? So if a woman has been diagnosed with COVID-19, well, she first of all needs to look after herself. Uh, if she is unwell and has symptoms, you know, especially shortness of breath or breathing difficulty, she really needs to get very good expert high-level medical care. Fortunately, young women will tend to have mild illnesses, so they will not necessarily need to come into and be admitted to hospital and they can go through the illness at home. Uh, of course, they'll need to take precautions to isolate themselves. Uh, they'll need to restrict people who can visit them and those people will have to take special precautions. Uh, the, the isolation uh, uh, policies and advice for people with COVID-19 at home usually mean that you tend to have to stay in your own room uh, and uh, minimise contact with people and when people do have contact with you in your house have protective masks and other equipment and frequently hand wash and do all of those hygiene things. So social distancing, frequent hand washing, all the things that we've been reading about for the last month will especially apply to that group. Thanks Dr Pasha. Now this is another popular question we're getting. Um, what precautions are in place to protect women who are giving birth in our hospitals? So far, um, fortunately, uh, we have yet to have a COVID-19 woman give birth at Westmead, uh, but it's going to happen. Uh, we have for the last week have been having very intensive meetings among the staff to make sure that we respond as effectively as we can and yet try and protect that woman's uh, birth experience as much as possible. The staff will be looking after women as they normally do. Uh, the changes that have been put in place mean that instead of having two or three support people, there will only be able to be one support person for a woman in labour. And that support person needs to themselves be healthy and have low risk of transmitting the 
disease. So they can't have travelled overseas in the last 14 days and all of those things that you get asked. Once a woman's in labour, uh, if she doesn't have the disease, so a, a normal healthy woman without COVID-19, will go through labour pretty much the same way as she has so far. Uh, there has been some concern about when a woman's at the stage of giving birth and there's a lot of huffing and puffing and often a, a, a bit of a loss of control, uh, that the staff who are immediately providing care will be wearing personal protective equipment. Um, in general, we do wear gowns and gloves, but this will include masks and eye coverings, which aren't usually there. Um, that's to protect both the staff themselves and other patients that they'll be and women that they'll be looking after after they've looked after this woman. So I hope women can understand that. So there will be some changes, uh, even for women who don't have COVID-19. If women do have, when we do get our women that do have the infection, then obviously those staff will have to wear very significant personal protective equipment for the same reasons that I just went through. And that will be for the whole um, labour and birth process. And um, what about pregnant women who need to visit the hospital for their regular checkups? What's happening there? So the uh, staff are going through all of the women who are pregnant and seeing as much as possible which visits can be avoided so that women don't have to come in the hospital. Even though once you're in the hospital, the woman will be examined almost as a routine, there are only a number of visits where it's absolutely essential and those visits will still be done in the hospital or in the outreach clinics that women attend. Other visits will be done over the phone to minimise the need to come in and to minimise the risk of cross-infection. So there will be changes to the visit schedule. Uh, so women who've been pregnant before will know, and they're pregnant now, they'll notice that there is a change. We believe that we are providing all the necessary uh, care that's required but where possible, we're doing it on phone visits rather than face-to-face -face visits. So let's talk about our fantastic staff. How, how is everybody leaning on each other for support? Obviously, a lot is changing in, at such a rapid pace. Um, what uh, things are in place for staff to support each other? Well, we talk a lot. Um, it's interesting that when people ask me, how you're going? The answer is, well, nothing terrible has happened yet, but everyone's a bit apprehensive. Uh, everyone's heard about what's happened overseas. So far, for a number of reasons, uh, Australia has done pretty well with relatively low infection rates and relatively low severe infection and mortality rates compared to some countries in the world. The staff are turning up to work. It's difficult times for them. You know, they've got children that they worry about, but they're still coming. And the reason they come is because they want to look after our women and babies. Uh, please feel safe. Uh, they really respect their patients and women and will do everything they can to look after you and keep you and your baby safe. But we're all a bit uneasy and we talk, we talk a lot. Um, we look for guidance from uh, the experts because as I opened up with, we don't know everything about this. And so the concern is that everyone puts their own little opinion through. It's really important that we follow the peak expert advisories. Otherwise, everyone will do things differently and no one will know what the right thing to do is. Uh, the staff are talking, getting guidance, um, planning, 
uh, drilling, we, we're going through mock um, labours so that we all know what to do, what's going to happen if we have to take a COVID-19 uh, woman for an emergency caesarean section, how that's going to be done to minimise the risks for her and for the staff. I guess we're just all talking a lot and uh, supporting each other. Thank you, that's very insightful. Um, now last question, is there anything you'd like to share with um, women and their families uh, while you have the opportunity to speak with people who have a lot of questions and, and inquiries? I think people don't need me to tell them that this COVID-19 pandemic is probably this generation's biggest challenge. You know, my parents are post-World War II refugees. This is the closest I come to having a sense of having lost that security and control over our lives that they must have gone through and that the older generation went through with the Great Depression. I think it's a real, really important time that people are gentle with each other, have patience with each other, always prepare for the worst but hope for the best um, and always treat each other with kindness and gentleness. And I think that sort of thing calms people down and makes people feel better. For a woman having a baby, a lot of those things are second nature, but the family around her need to remember that as well. Thank you, that is very insightful. And, and you mentioned earlier about really following the experts' advice, and um, the New South Wales Health website is, a, is the, the main source of information for residents in New South Wales. They're updating the website by the minute. They've got an FAQ section and, and lots of FAQs for pregnant women and their families. So. Um, it is really important that people keep checking in on that page and getting verified advices. A lot of people are getting um, education from very random and unauthorised social media sources. Well, that's true, but even the medical profession is suffering from that a bit. Um, it sounds like we, you know, it's, it's almost like we've got 40,000 epidemiologists and public health experts. When you know, we deliver babies, we look after other things, and that's not our expertise. There are people whose job it is to run public health campaigns, to look at how you spread infections in the community. And that's something that a hospital-based specialist really doesn't have that not much knowledge about. So I'm just as obliged to follow the advice that I'm given as the public. Thank you, that was a great, great interview. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I wish you and our staff all the very best as we tackle this evolving pandemic. It's a pleasure. See ya. This podcast is produced by Western Sydney Local Health District. For the latest news, visit us at thepulse.org.au.